Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm so excited to have Nancy May on. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much, Monica. I'm so excited to be here and just excited for our conversation. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. So I'm an intuitive fertility educator and spirit baby expert. So some of you may have heard about the book Spirit Babies, written by Walter McKitchen. I had the opportunity to work with Walter for five years through part of my fertility journey and uh, up until the time he passed. And it was through working with him in my own fertility journey that I do the work that I do now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love doing what I do. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your fertility journey? Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I'll give you kind of the shortened version. Yes. <laughs> first, first try trying to get pregnant, got pregnant. Everything was fine with that pregnancy. Second time when my daughter was one, we decided, okay, let's try again. First try, got pregnant again right away. And then I ended up miscarrying and it was a missed miscarriage. So I still had all the pregnancy signs and symptoms, went in to uh, just see how the baby was doing and everything. And the kicker of all this was that the baby's estimated date of arrival was the anniversary of my mom's death. My mom died when I was 10. So I thought that, oh my gosh, this is the universe coming to heal my heart and you know bring all these pieces together. And that did not happen. Mm. In fact, my heart shattered like into a million pieces. And I was utterly devastated over this miscarriage. And I remember my partner at the time didn't understand why I was so upset. And it wasn't until a couple years later when I met Walter McKitchen that um, it all made sense. He said, Nancy, you were so connected with this baby that it felt like losing a spouse. And that's exactly what it was like for me. And so what happened, and this is going to get a little esoteric here. So the baby was, you know, wanted to her to know, she wanted me to know that she was around and she wasn't quite ready to come in. She was scared to come in. She had had some traumatic past lives. She knew that I would be able to understand her and help her here on this earth plane. Um, but after the reaction that I had to the miscarriage, she didn't want to do that again. 
So it was a lot of work with Walter McKitchen, doing a lot of his chants, literally two to three hours a day, seven days a week for months on end, and ended up trying to bring her back in. Walter thought everything was lined up, all the angels thought everything was lined up, and she thought everything was lined up, but actually she ended up getting stuck with some of her karma, and it didn't quite turn out. So what we ended up doing with the help of Walter McKitchen is we let her go, this particular soul, letting um, her know that she could come back as a grandchild if she was ready at that time, but that we realized that she wasn't ready and she didn't want to repeat the same karmic pattern again. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a gift we were giving her. And then we brought another spirit baby in and within two months I was pregnant, totally fine. Have a, you know, my second daughter is amazing. So that's kind of the, the high level stuff of what happened with my fertility journey. And like I said, I'm, I'm a trained social science researcher. I didn't think I'd be doing this. I thought I'd be working as a professor, you know, writing grants and doing research and teaching at a university. And then this fertility journey hit. And here I work with spirit babies and I work with energy. You know, I have my book, The Energetic Fertility Method. Um, and that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Wow. What, what a journey. So did you know about this energetics, about the spirits before your fertility journey, or this was just like opened up to you? This was opened up to me. I, you know, I had been dabbling in some more alternative types of healing, like, um, you know, doing acupuncture. I had done some mindfulness-based stress reduction training, the John Kabat-Zinn work, um, and that was a result of having been a, in a car accident a few years earlier where Western medicine just wasn't able to help me. Yeah. And then that actually helped in the pain was never back after that. Mm -hmm. I'd also done a little bit of work with like chiropractors and things like that, but uh, nothing to this. Like I didn't know spirit babies were a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I mean, I, I'd always kind of felt my mom and I could connect with her a little bit. Um, but outside of that, nothing, nothing really comes to mind that I remember in terms of being super intuitive or knowing that anything like this existed. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what drew you to, to, to John? Oh, to, to Walter. Oh, sorry, Walter. Walter. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually an acupuncturist that I was working with and bless her heart for saying, Hey, Nancy, are you open to a more alternative way of looking at fertility? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and that was my foray into my you know, connection with Walter. And it was so amazing working with Walter because everything he said just felt right. Even though my cognitive brain didn't understand it and all that, it just felt right. And it resonated as a truth for me. And that's, that's why I stuck with it. It worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and through your work together, is that when you kind of started noticing that you, you were open to have this ability to start connecting with not only your own spirit babies, but others? So I love this question because I think I've always just been way more intuitive than I ever realized. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, my team will say, uh, Nancy, and 
I mean, I live with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So nothing I do seems out of the ordinary, but apparently it is. Like I've always been extremely empathic. Like I mm -hmm. could read people's energies from the time I was, you know, a baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a big part of uh, this journey is just learning that I had these capabilities. And it was Walter who basically said to me, and he he never said, Nancy, you're going to be doing this. He said, you would have fun working with spirit babies because you've had so much experience. Yeah. He also said in some of our conversations, you've always wanted to be a channel, you know, for information and things of that nature. Um, and there were other things, just kind of little snippets that he would drop here and there, but it was never like, yes, you're going to be doing this work, but it just, it just evolved. And once he passed, I mean, even we had to cancel our last session because he was getting ready to transition. And I, you know, I didn't know exactly that he was going to transition, but it just felt right to continue his work in my own unique way once he transitioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, do you think, because this is kind of my theory with the intuitive and spirits and, you know, the, just the kind of woo woo, the, you know, higher self that, um, our society and the way that, um, we've been brought up, whether that be religious or, you know, just societal ways that they've kind of um, turned off our abilities. I absolutely think so. I mean, my belief is that whether it's through our family, through schooling, through, you know, things of that nature, by the time you're about five, things are starting to turn off, unless you are in a family that has certain sorts of beliefs that will allow you to keep your intuitive capabilities open. I definitely believe everyone comes in intuitive. And I mean, our, we're kind of, it's like a whiteboard getting wiped off, right? Mm -hmm. Our memories are kind of wiped every time we come back in. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's, it's, well, since you asked this question here, I'll just, I'll just tell you what I, yeah, really think. no, yeah, totally. We, I believe live in a culture that's very fear-based Yeah, and the fear keeps us from being able to tap into our intuitive capabilities and to spirit, to our higher selves, to source, whatever you want to call it. So it's, a, it's for me, a matter of learning how we've been kind of almost trapped in this fear-based world mm -hmm. and starting to become more aware of that, where we get stuck in these limiting beliefs and then learning also how to really feel safe on this planet because the more grounded we are, the easier it is to connect with source and to actually manifest things, including bringing in a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I just um, listened to um, The Game of Life and How You Play It. Have you read that book? I have not, but I might. I'm going to put yeah. that on my list. <laughs> so obviously I've read a lot of books, right? And a lot of books about intuition and manifesting and higher selves. And, you know, I've done, I've done a lot. And it was, I didn't know why I was being drawn to this book. And then I, I ended up finding it. It's free on YouTube. 
you can get on Audible as well, or you can buy the book. But it was the original version, which that was what I was really interested in, because sometimes things can like, you know, get changed down the pipeline. And um, it's very, uh, she wrote it back in 1925, I think. And it's, um, she uses a lot of scripture in it. And uh, I grew up Catholic and um, I'm not anymore. I don't practice that religion, but a lot of my friends and my family do. And I was like, oh, spirit, I get why you sent me this book because it's been really hard for me to articulate what um, I now feel is my truth. I know it's not everyone's truth that God is inside of you and that it it shines through, right? And and it was such an amazing book to be able to give to my religious family. And they, most of them have really connected with that makes sense. And just how you were saying, this is why it brought, got brought up in my head is that when you're not in tune to your higher self into your, your God-like thing, she was talking about that sinning, quote unquote, right? We've all been led to believe that when we do something bad, that's a sin. But when we're not in tune with our, you know, our, ourself, we do things that aren't to, for our highest good. And so we can look at that as like, kind of being like a negative I mean the the word sin has so much like baggage around it doesn't it it's not even an appropriate word but when it comes to fertility issues I do think there's a multitude of reasons why spirit wouldn't come at the time um I know for me um that I had to I had to sort my shit out like <laughs> babies were like you need time to get your health your wellness your mental health all that like we need to give you time and it's funny because there's a part of my journey that I was like okay I figured this out come on like you know I'm a lot healthier I'm mentally more healthier all this stuff and it wasn't until a few years later and now as a mother I can look back and go no you weren't ready <laughs> you weren't ready. Would you like to elaborate on that for us of um, maybe different reasons why spirit is waiting? Absolutely. As I like to tell people when I do a spirit baby reading with them, it's part of the, the eight-week energetic fertility method program that I offer. I typically say there are hundreds of thousands of things, if not millions of things we can look at in one 60-minute session. Mm -hmm. When we are looking at a spirit baby coming in or, or not coming in, it could be, are they stuck on their own karma? Are they waiting for something planetarily to happen? Like there were a few spirit babies I remember waiting for COVID to kind of get over before they came in as an example. Uh, and then sometimes every once in a while, the spirit baby is like, you're not with the partner that I want you to be with. So that can actually come up. Definitely, I know in my particular case, there was a lot of work for self-love, which sounds uh -huh. like you were on that journey as well. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so that was a big part for me. And what I'm finding, I tend to work with a certain subset of the spirit baby realm. And the spirit babies that I'm working with are looking for more conscious parents. Yay. So. Not perfection by any mm -hmm. means. I, I would not have had kids, but uh, 
they're looking for parents who have some level of awareness around, you know, maybe it's grounding or feeling centered or a mindfulness practice or, um, you know, that fears really do shape our lives. Mm -hmm. And okay, let me, you know, do what I can to shift out of that. So that is also something that they're looking for. Sometimes they're looking for the parents to have a closer heart connection, like an unconditional love connection that I can see sometimes siblings don't want the baby to come in. Sometimes it's a pet that doesn't want the to come in. And the siblings could be half siblings. They could be step siblings. They could be full siblings. And we could go on and on. We can go into past lives. We can go in. There's a lot of little offshoots from there, but kind of as a snippet, that's, yeah. those are some of the reasons why um, it's not as easy for some of us to bring in children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow when <laughs> you want to be pregnant yesterday, that there yeah. is this uh, unseen timeline that you have no control over. Yes. And I'm actually gonna, gonna, say this i feel like in some ways we have we can have a little bit of control over it okay and what i mean by that is when we are working with our higher selves when we are fully in tune with our higher selves then actually we do have control over things we get, it will be a much smoother path to your your family coming to fruition yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, it's those choices, right, that you make on the physical plane that you have control over. That's a great way of like, sometimes it feels like it's out of your control. But yeah, the choices you make here on this physical earth can get you closer to it. And I like how you said, you know, it's not perfection, right? I think a lot of us, I mean, I know a majority of my clients are already coming to me perfect like they feel like they're on the right diet they're on the right supplementation they're doing all these right things but that's the society's to-do list mm -hmm. right that's not the mental and emotional health wellness uh lifestyle that you know we don't have to be living because I know it's hard for people because they're like well a crackhead on the street can get pregnant you know why can't I and I'm like ah, genetics <laughs> um, you know <laughs> karmic past I don't know there's multiple uh, reasons but um, it's really important I feel and it's I don't know for me it was the hardest thing to do probably the last thing I did was surrender that surrender the perfection or the to-do list the fertility to-do list and just you know find the lifestyle that suited me and start living my life and I feel like that's when you make space for the energetics to come to you yep I'm getting all tingly as you're speaking and the tingles are always a good sign for me me too and, <laughs> and it's one of the things that I hear a lot from the spirit baby realm is they're just waiting for families to have more joy yeah yeah. Bring me in, in the, in the energy of joy and in the energy of love. So if you are you know, going the natural conception route and it's every month, okay, looking at the, at the clock, oh my gosh, we got you down and, and one or both of you are feeling stressed out. That's typically not the most joyful way to bring in a baby. Yeah. And if yeah. someone's going the IVF route and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And this is what, what I had planned, blah, blah, blah. That also isn't joy. But to me, IVS, what a 
cool technology we have. Mm-hmm. We didn't have this 50 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's to be honest, some of the spirit babies are like, holy cow, the, holy cow, this is so cool. It, it's usually the spirit babies who either have uh, like an affinity towards mathematics or yeah. science or innovation, or it is a really cool way of bringing in a body for a soul to inhabit for a certain amount of time. So when we can even make these little shifts in our mindset, it can open up the channels for our family to come together much more easily. Yeah. And for us here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, it's so funny because both of my kids entered the world exactly how they were supposed to. My IVF baby was frozen for a year and a half and he thinks he's so cool, right? And he's very scientific and very smart and all those things. And then my natural baby is like, I don't give a fuck. Like free spirit, (laughs) runs around naked at five years old, doesn't care, you know? So I I definitely feel that. Um, And yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's the joy. And I have a client, a perfect client example right now where, um, everything is doom and gloom, right? I said, what does your baby room look like? Well, it's just full of boxes and crap and there's nothing in there. I said, okay, well, let, let's not necessarily turn it into a nursery, but let's bring joy into that room. Make it your craft room, make it anything that is welcoming and open. I said, think about what, you know, we had this conversation. I think said, think about everything you just said to me and then you bring a baby into it is that a happy bringing in? And she's like, no, it's like, there you go. You know, you got to bring in that joy and that happiness. And I I think infertility does suck that out naturally. Right. It's a, it can. And I'm also going to say, I mean, believe me, I went through my journey. (laughs) It was one heck of a journey. I would not wish it on anyone. Mm. And I'm also going to say it's always a choice. And I will also put in there that I think some of us (laughs) sign up for this journey Mm -hmm. as a way to wake us up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and that can be a hard pill to swallow at times. Yet a lot of people get it because there's no way the vast majority of us would go deep into this journey if it weren't for something this challenging. Exactly. A hundred percent. And like you say, it always comes back to those choices. So when you see yourself getting stuck in the like the two week constant way or just scheduling your life around IVF, that's when you need to turn around and go, okay, I need to make a different choice. It's not that you're stopping your um, journey to your ultimate goal, but making those choices to make it you know, more enjoyable. You're going to do it anyways. So why aren't we, you know, but it's a societal thing, right? And I think too, um, you know, before you start trying to conceive, there's all these underlining issues with the mental and emotional health, the self-love, the self-worth, the diets, the lifestyles that, you know, contribute to all the things. And um, you're right. If, if I didn't deal with fertility issues, I wouldn't have changed. Yeah, we are, we feel comfortable without change. When there's change, then, oh my gosh, what's next? And how can we plan? And what do, you know, there's, we don't have the the sense of control in the same way when we're changing. However, my belief is we're here as creative beings. And that means constant change. 
-hmm. because if things are the same, we're not using our creativity. And one of the most creative acts in the whole planet is for a woman to bring in a child. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's so much in all of this. And so even going back to, you know, making that room a craft room with one of your clients, it's yes, it's bringing in that creativity. And I always like to encourage my clients to look at it from the spirit baby's perspective. Mm -hmm. Imagine yourself. The future child is looking down on this. Is this an environment that the child would want to come in? And a lot of my clients are so busy and it's, you know, it's a bit of learning how to slow down a little bit, learning how to connect with your future child, learning how to uh, listen for those cues, those signs from your future child, doing those sorts of things can be paramount to having this work out in, in an easeful fashion. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I would even say, okay, for the people who are listening and like, oh my God, these women are absolutely crazy. <laughs> what are they on about spirit babies? Like <laughs> you don't even have to, uh, quote unquote, believe that, right. Just the act of bringing in joy and love and self-worth and all those things into your life is, um, create such a different physical reality for you right and I just got the major chill so it's kind of like you don't like I know that I when I started doing mindset stuff and most of my mindset and my spiritual stuff was actually after I had my children but one of the things that I did before was just changed my word from if I get pregnant to when I get pregnant and that was just a small, insignificant change that I can make to really start changing that energetics in my subconscious mind, which then allowed me to start doing all the hard work. Because as you know, um, your spirit babies come to test you. <laughs> and then, like, they are <laughs> a mirror. And when you're conscious, and this is like, I love that, you know, we bring that word up when you're conscious of these things, like for me, example, my youngest is a spit of me. It's my side of the family. He's the wild nature boy. Um, his crying used to send me over to the edge in the dark, deep anger. And I didn't understand why, because my first one didn't do that to me. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm this soul mama, like all of, why is, why am I going there? And it was basically the stored energy from how my parents projected their anger onto me when I cried. And um, when you're conscious and you realize this, you can start changing things for yourself and for your children not to, um, you know, it's all that generational trauma that you get to stop for them. Yes. And I love that you're bringing this up because our children definitely, if we're if we allow it, they are some of our best teachers uh, in our <laughs> lives. And it's also really important to bring in that forgiveness. So if we mm. notice there are patterns from our parents or whether it's even you know somewhere else in the lineage or culturally or whatever, there's a huge impact that forgiveness has the energy of forgiveness. So I'm going to encourage people not to even just think of the word forgiveness, but to tap into the energy of forgiveness. Just close your eyes and just tap into the energy 
of what that word means, of forgiveness, like the underlying principle. When we can get to a point of true forgiveness, what it does is it frees ourselves. Yeah. And the more that there was one uh, woman, she's a transformational coach. She's in her seventies. And I remember her saying, if you're human, you've got, you know, forgiveness to do. Yeah. (laughs) She she recommended doing forgiveness work every single day. And I pretty much do in one way or another, do some sort of forgiveness, whether it's towards myself or towards someone else. And it can be small or it can be large, whatever it is, but it, it you want to like change your life, forgiveness work, work will free you in a way that so many other things will, are not able to. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. I'm trying to think of what's that Hawaiian prayer that... Ho'oponopono. Yeah. Um, I think that is a simple way to really bring in um, a a forgiveness practice. Um, uh, Yeah, I just, I love that one. I love that. And let me see if I, there's a song on Spotify that I really like. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. Yeah. While Um, you're looking for that, uh, um, the prayer is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you just repeat that, you know, several times, or you can repeat it a hundred times and you can direct it to yourself. Um, one of my coaches, um, she did a little bingo game and I had to say that to myself every day for a month. And so I did it and it, yeah, it was life-changing. And now anytime I get, um, that anger towards someone or the fear or anything, I, I tap into that and say that prayer towards them. And yeah, it's, it's life-changing. It, and it's simple. And this, this song is called Ho'oponopono and it's by Paz, P-A-Z. Into the Heart is the, I bet, I'm assuming the album. And they do it a lot in, I mean, it's in Spanish. This is what it looks like. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to me, it opens my heart in a in a very beautiful way. It's on my you know favorites list. Yeah, in definitely. Well, we'll put that link down in the show notes for everyone um, to connect oh, with. But cool. yeah, I definitely think that um, forgiveness is a big thing, right? And I I think when you're going through a fertility journey to um, in the beginning, when you're not conscious of things, you know, you feel broken and you put the blame on yourself and, you know, even just starting there to forgive yourself because you're not broken, right? And it's not your fault. And there's many reasons why we need to go through this journey. And if you can forgive yourself and start to trust your body, I feel that a lot of women that I work with have lost that trust in their body's ability because they're working with these medical professionals that aren't necessarily on the woo-woo side or even on the health and wellness side of things. And they're saying, well, you you can't do it. You have this test score, or this is your age, or this is that. And when you tap back into that love and trust and self-worth, you know, that can be a really big game changer for people. Yes. And I, this is a big one. Because Western medicine, amazing, helps us in so many things. Like we would not have IVF if it weren't for, you know, Western medicine and all of those, those sorts of tidbits. However, 
I like to remember or remind everyone that everything Western medicine tells us is energy. Mm -hmm. And we have a choice as to whether we keep that in our energetic field or not. So we, we always have a choice. So once we become aware that everything is energy and science, you know, you just open up books these days and science is proving that everything is energy. Our thoughts are energy, you know, every, everything is, is energy, including what people say to us. Yeah. So do we yeah. allow that in our field and to sit there and to, you know, accumulate dust over the years or the decades? So it's when we can look at things from that perspective and learn how to take that energy out of our field and put it somewhere else, that is also hugely transformative. And that's a big thing I do because I work with a lot of people who have a tendency to take energy on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, if you want a good book to read about um, energy, it's The uh, Biology of Belief by oh, Bruce yeah. Lipton. That's um, a great book to really tap into to start getting those those motors going because it's very scientific and, um, you know, yeah, he's done some great work. But um, it's been so amazing to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited that you came on and just shared your wisdom. Before you go, can you give a little like sneak peek into your process? If someone came into your services and they wanted to, you know, connect with their spirit babies, um, could you give them a little sneak peek of something that you would do for them? Absolutely. So these days I work in an eight week format because I have found that doing one 60 minute spirit baby reading just isn't enough. Yeah. So I'm really big on teaching people skills so that they can learn how to manage their energy. You know, it's, I call it um, energetic hygiene. So a few little snippets that will, that I would potentially say are um, using the phrase up until now, because what that does, you know, up until now, this fertility journey has been hard. Up until now, I felt really depressed. Up until now, you know, I didn't trust my body. Up until now, what those three words do, those magic words, is they help to open up a space in your subconscious mind, telling your subconscious mind that, oh my gosh, wow, there's a new pattern that might be coming in. That yeah. is huge. I recommend that everyone start using that every single day. Other thing that I do a lot of is, I don't know how I have this spidey power, but I am able to see patterns in people mm -hmm. that they are not even aware of. And it, again, I don't know how I do it. It's just kind of, it just jumps out at me. So I'm able to help people understand and delve into some of their limiting beliefs, whether that's, you know, connecting with spirit, connecting with themselves, connecting on an emotional level. Other things that I do, and this, this takes a little bit more time, is I teach you how to connect with your future child. Mm -hmm. There are many different ways. There's not just one way. There's a lot of different ways. And I'll leave you with one here. And this is actually one, of, one from Walter McKitchen's book in uh, Spirit Babies. So it's at the end of chapter seven. And it's a little chant. It's the heart connection chant. And I'll say it. And it goes, oh, ah, oh, ah. 
Om. So it's seven syllables and that O sound, it's like the letter O. You imagine that in your heart space. And then the ah sound with, would be with your future child. And you go back and forth. Oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. And that last syllable, the seventh syllable is om, O-M. And that's the midpoint between you and your future child. And then you just repeat this and yeah. So that that's definitely one of the things that, um, one of the many tools that I offer to people. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I love, I love it. I love both of them. <laughs> and I wish I had them for my journey, but um, I'm so excited that you're here sharing this information and allowing all the listeners, you know, just to have a more conscious, conscious um, journey towards motherhood. So thank you so much. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So the best place to find me, well, you can find me on TikTok, you can find me on Instagram and then my website, nancymay.com. So it's N-A-N-C-Y-M-A-E.com. And you can also reach out to support at nancymay.com with any questions and my team will be ready to, to support you and help you in, in the ways that we can. Brilliant. Those will all be down in the show notes for easy access. And again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. You're so welcome. It's been a joy pleasure. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.